You're listening to audio from The House, located in Kelowna, B.C. If you'd like to check out more resources, please visit us at thehouseonline.ca. Hey, it's good to be together here this morning. Uh, Yesterday, had a busy day. We had a couple from our Sunday night community, William and Nadine, who uh, tied the knot, got married. And so I was uh, Mr. MC all day yesterday. And so if my jokes have a little more edge this morning, I'm just still changing gears, okay? (laughs) Give me grace. Uh, And yeah, we're just going to roll with that. And we are in this series, Created for Connection where we've been exploring what does it look like for us to operate as a community as the way that God's laid out for us in Scripture. And over the last few weeks, we've looked at a number of different topics, topics like um, a biblical community uh, looks like a community of people that are diverse, that have different preferences, that have different uh, wants and needs are di- from different ethnic backgrounds. Uh, we looked at the idea that, that a biblical community is a welcoming community, that we, in our differences, welcome people in and embrace those differences. Uh, third, that it, that it is a accountable community, that a biblical community has accountability, and that uh, we hold, as a group of believers, uh, a, a bunch of standards that we hold each other to, specifically if you're in a leadership role within the community. And today, we're going to look at this idea that a biblical community is a gifted community. That, that each one of us, you and I, we've been given uh, a spiritual gift from God that, that he's given for us to use, not for our own good, but for the good of the greater community. And, and so I'm excited to dive into this, this looking at spiritual gifts, but I have to be honest. As Chad and I began to talk about uh, w- what would it look like for us to incorporate this into our series on Created for Connection, my mind began to wander a little bit. As I thought about spiritual gifts, I went, you know what? Let's be real here. I think most of us have probably heard, if we've been in church for any period of time, we've heard some sort of talk on spiritual gifts and uh, we know it or we think we know it or we still don't have it figured out but we don't want to hear about it or whatever it is. And I don't want to put you to sleep. And so I thought, what can I do to really just spice this thing up, jack it up a little? And uh, I, I didn't have any really good ideas. So I thought, you know what? I'll, I'll put it out to the jury. And uh, first in line in my jury list was, was Ed Weiss. I thought, Ed, you know, I, I went to him and said, yeah, I got, a, I got this talk, spiritual gifts. Chad's, Chad's, this is what we're doing. Like, what should I do? How do I, how do I make this exciting? And he said, oh, well, I said, you know, Ryan, people have heard a lot of talks. There's a lot of talks out there. So maybe you just can the talk. You just, you just don't need to do you. Okay, good start. <laughs> um, and, and instead, you just kind of let people loose. You know, just, just give them opportunity. 30 minutes, the floor is clear, and you can just go nuts, speaking in tongues, prophesying, healing, and we'll just leave it as a free-for-all. And I kind of... Scratched my head and kind of, wow, I don't, I don't know. And the more I thought about it, I thought, you know what, we're going to end up with maybe a few select people that actually have those gifts that are going nuts and flourishing, and it's beautiful. But then everyone else is sweating aggressively, and everyone that, that, that's here for the first time is actually just awkwardly making their way to the door and leaving. Um, we want to keep you here, so we're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. We're going to go a bit of a, a different direction, but my hope is that despite that, that it is new and fresh for you as you hear this morning. Isn't it true, though, that when we start to think about spiritual gifts, that we often jump 
right to those, to the sign gifts, we call them, the, the more visible, sometimes confusing, hard to understand gifts. We go, oh yeah, I knew, I knew this guy. He, he spoke in tongues. He had a gift or, or so-and-so, she had a word for me. What a beautiful gift she had. And we, we, we kind of elevate these gifts that we see uh, and, and put them on a pedestal. And we say, yeah, those are the spiritual gifts. But, but the reality is what we see in scripture is actually really different, that those are just a little select bunch of the, the greater amount of gifts that, that Christ has given to his church. And that each and every one of us actually have a gift. If you're here this morning, living, breathing, God has given you some sort of gift and he's given you that gift for the purpose of building into the community of people, the people sitting beside you. And it's very clear that all of the gifts are, are not only different, but they're equal and equally useful. And so we are gonna look into, well, what does that mean? What's that mean for us here this morning? We're gonna turn to a passage, Romans chapter 12. And, and this is, it's actually the same passage that Oliver hit on for part of his message about three weeks or so ago. And so if you're feeling like, you know what? I've heard this one already. Give me my money back. You can just go get your donation back. You just do that. It's okay. We're not mad. But, but here's what we believe. We believe that when we go to scripture, when we engage ourselves in the word of God, that it is actually living, that it's active, and that as we move through it each, each time, that it can speak to us in a, in a different way. And so we are gonna hope for that this morning, that as we read through, God speaks to us anew. And so I'm gonna begin reading from Romans chapter 12, uh, verses one through eight in the NLT. Uh, and yeah, we'll, we'll read through that. And this time I'm gonna, I'm gonna preach it right, Oliver. I'm, I'm just kidding. He did a good job. He really did. All right, read with me. Romans 8, or Romans 12, one through eight, NLT. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind that he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Because of the privilege and authority that God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think that you're better than you really are. Be honest in evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith that God has given us. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to one another. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. And so if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. And if you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. And if it's giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness, do it to others and do it gladly. I'm gonna pray, just kind of helps center me and my thoughts. That's God's word. Let's bow quickly. Lord, thankful for how you speak to us. Thankful that your word does give instruction on how we're to live our lives. 
that it does give a best outline of, of what your best life for us looks like. And so, God, we lean into that this morning. We pray that you would speak to us um, beyond just the words that you, by your Holy Spirit, would impress upon our hearts your truths. In your name, everyone said... Amen. You're still with me. All right. So we're, we're in the book of Romans, and Paul is writing to this, this church in Rome. And, and he's saying, hey, here, here are some outlines, some clear guidelines for you as a body of believers, as a community, to operate by. And he's saying you need to know that, that you each have this clear and unique, equally important gift to care for one another. That's this beautiful picture of, of God given community. Um, and, and so a few, a few months back, I was, I was thinking about this text and I thought, how, how can I give a picture of what this looks like in the real world? And I, I came upon this situation I found myself in where I think I saw a bit of it at, um, at a micro level. Um, so it, this was a few months ago. It was, uh, it was a terrible week. This week where uh, the plague had come upon our family. Literally, it was awful. Everyone was sick. Jude, Jude got, he's my 11-month-old, he got the flu. And that flu and fever turned into an ear infection. And during that, Sarah had gotten food poisoning and was totally down for the count. And that food poisoning turned into this hand, foot, mouth disease, crazy, gross, blisters. Anyways, um, it not good. No one's sleeping. No one's happy. Everyone's grumpy. And our family is completely dysfunctional. Okay, there's the scene. And then this is what happens. It's one night and, uh, and we finally get the entire crew into bed. Sarah's sleeping, Jude's sleeping. I put my head down on the pillow and I feel like I've, I've just barely been asleep. And I wake up to this, this kind of scurrying, or so I felt. And I thought like, oh, that was kind of weird. And I just brushed it off and rolled over. And then I felt, thought I felt something again. And I rolled over the other way. And then 30 seconds later, and again, and again, and I thought, you know what? Maybe it's not nothing. <laughs> so I got out of bed, whipped off the covers, flicked on the lights, and to my horror, I looked, and there, there were ants everywhere, all over the floor, up the bedside tables, in the bed. Okay, that's what I was feeling. And I was just mortified, okay? So I, I, I go over, and Sarah's still asleep at this point, and I, I tap her on the shoulder, she looks and sees an ant and screams. She screams. Jude wakes up. Hell breaks loose. And man, it is just, it is no good. And so it's 4 a.m. And I am like moving our entire family out of our bedroom, out of Jude's bedroom, into the guest bedroom. Okay, guest bedroom safe. And uh, get them to sleep. And then I go to the cleaning closet, whip up the solution of vinegar and stuff, and just go to the room and commit a mass act of genocide against these ridiculous ants that are ruining my life. And uh, in, in that next hour, I, I tell you, I, I killed more guilty ants than I ever have before in my life. I said words that I didn't know I was capable of saying, and I almost lost my salvation, but we're here, okay? Lord have mercy, thank you. You're going, what on earth does this have to do with gifts? Okay, let me, let me bring it around. We're a few months removed now, and there's still the odd ant trickling around, and we're, we're kind of mitigating uh, our damages. And, and I think God must be trying to speak to me and redeem this terrible, brutal situation. Because I was, I was at home, pacing the house, thinking about this talk, and I saw an ant. I saw a few of them, actually, in a line. I thought, oh, no. Um, but what I also thought was, hey, the ants. 
These guys, the way they do life, it actually gives us a bit of insight, right? Because ants don't do life alone. They always walk in a line. They travel together. They do life together. They work together. In the bigger picture of this colony where each ant has this unique gift, this designation and skill set that allows them to contribute to the bigger picture. And so I, the more and more I got, I got thinking about this and the more and more I was able to just move past my, my bitter resentment against these terrible invasive insects, uh, I could see that the, the model of, of the ant was really not that unlike the one that, that Paul is setting out for us in, in scripture. Uh, th- there are scriptures in, in Romans, in his book in Romans, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, in 1 Peter 4, and in Ephesians 4. And all of these scriptures have things to say about us as people, as a part of God's church, and that each of us have some sort of gifting that's not meant for us, but it's meant for the greater good of the community. Uh, and so... I need us to see just two really foundational things that are going to kind of springboard us into the remainder of this talk. And we don't have time to go through all those scriptures this morning, but in a nutshell, two really important things that they say. The first is this, that everyone has a gift. You're here. You have a gift. That God in some way has uniquely gifted you. And that is the second point, that each person's gift is different. And that's good. That we all have different gifts and they're equally important and useful. I think, I, th- I think most of us get that, right? You go, I've heard that before. I know that. I know that there's something I'm supposed to be good at and something I'm supposed to be doing. And I know that's important, but I just can't figure out what it is. I just feel like, all right, God, show me the money, right? Like, show me what you got. I, I need to know what it is. And so we go thumbing through the lists in Romans, and then we jump to 1 Corinthians because we can't find it in Romans, and then we can't find it either of those places. And so then we go to these online tests, right, which are just a, a, a total mess every time. And three online tests, I'll tell you something different, and you're even more discouraged than ever. And you come back and you go, God, how on earth am I supposed to discover my gifting, how, how you've actually gifted me? And so that is, that is our question this morning for the remainder of time. How, how can we position ourselves to actually put our lives in a place where we can discover and operate in our spiritual gifting? So if that was your question, I'm glad you asked. That's where I'm going in my notes. I had this thought that, that maybe this is part of what plays out, that, that you and I, we can be so desperate to discover the power of our gifts that we actually want to bypass the the posture that we're called to live in in order to discover our gifts in the first place right that we we want to just jump right to knowing what is my gift and how can i exercise its its power and bless people but we forget that we're called to actually have a posture that we live in uh, to discover those gifts in the first place see this is this is what i mean Uh, Romans 12, 1 and 2, we're going to kind of start over and work our way through. It says this, and so, dear brothers and sisters, I'm going to stop there. This, this, and so, uh, it's important that we know what it means. In some, in some of your translations, it might say, therefore, Uh, and and this, and so, or this, therefore, is actually a, a, a beautiful linking word that tells us, hey, this is actually the finishing thought of something that happened in a, in a prior 
part of the text. And so if we rewind into chapter 11, we can see that Paul is he's laying out this, this beautiful picture of salvation, that, that for the first time, Christ has come and he's brought salvation to not just the Jews, but the Jews and the Gentiles alike, and he's leveled the playing field. It's this beautiful exchange. And, and, so, and, so, and so what he's saying is, therefore, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all that he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind that he will find acceptable. It says, because of all that God has done for you, we need to offer up our bodies as a living sacrifice. You know, that's, kind of a, that's kind of a weird term, isn't it? For us in our culture, a living sacrifice. What, what, is that, what does that even mean? I just want to go down to the list of gifts and figure out which one, which one fits my pants, right? Like, we, we don't, living sacrifice? And yet the, the text here is saying, I know you want the power, but the posture, the posture of your life is actually really important for you to achieve the power of your gifting, that you are to offer yourself as a living sacrifice. Uh, you see, the, the, the Greek word for sacrifice that we see in the original text it is actually the same word that's used uh, to describe killing. And so the, the literal translation for us is a living killing, which is kind of paradoxical, and it doesn't really make that much sense to us. But in, in those days, uh, everyone would have been really familiar with animal sacrifice and what it did and what it accomplished, why it was important. Uh, and so they came by this and they said, okay, a sacrifice, we know what that is, but, but this one's living, that's different. What does that mean, right? Because they would, they would show up, sacrifice, shing, it's no longer living, it is dead. But Paul's saying, no, no, you need to bring yourself as a living sacrifice that again and again, you are called to, to give your life to Christ, give your ambitions, your wants, your needs, all of that over and saying, hey, it's yours. It's no longer mine. It doesn't belong to me. And so the call is surrender, full surrender. And, and yet it's this, this, this living killing. So something has to die. Something has to die. And I think what, what Paul is saying here, if you want to live and posture your life in a way where you can discover your spiritual gift, you actually have to, to put to death the idea that your life is your own. It's not yours. It doesn't belong to you. It's God's. And he's saying, you need to offer that up and be okay with that. And it's then and only then when you're fully surrendered that you'll actually position yourself to have God work and use you and reveal that gifting. And so if, if you're taking notes or if you just care, this is my first point, that, that we must offer ourselves up as a living sacrifice. We must be fully surrendered to God. Uh, I have conversations often with, uh, with lots of young adults on Sunday nights, especially. That's where I spend a lot of my time and a lot of my main connections. And they'll come to me and go, you know what, I, I'm, I'm just really trying to give my life to God, but I just need him to do this one thing for me. Okay, okay, so tell me more about that. Well, you know, I, like, I, I'm, I'm stopping doing this and this and this, but I, unless he does this thing, I just can't, I don't know what's gonna happen. I mean, okay, well, let's, let's, let's just revisit this idea of totally surrendered because I think we've, we missed something. And we, we do that with our lives. We go, hey, God, I, I'm all in, but I, I need you to pull through on this business deal 
Or, God, I'm all in, but I really only want to just stay in, in the circle of people that are my comfortable world right now. I know this person has need, but it would be kind of inconvenient for me to extend my life and actually do, do life with them. You know, or maybe, maybe you're going, I, I love, love you, God, but I also love my girlfriend and I want to keep having sex with her. So that's, that's I mean, we got we to gotta find a happy medium. And God's going, you know what? There's no happy medium. The call is full and total surrender. And that's, that's hard. That's hard. And it's not until we really truly believe and realize that God has what's best. He knows what's best. He is infinitely wiser and better than we will ever be that we can actually submit to that. You see, we must offer ourselves up as a living sacrifice, fully surrendered to God. Point, point number two is this, that we must realize that the gifts are not for us. That our gifts are not for us. Check out this, this passage here, Romans 12, 3. We're just moving through. It says, because of the privilege and authority God has given me, this is Paul talking, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you're better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith that God has given us. And then 1 Corinthians 12, 7 says, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help one another. Why is it given? So that we can help one another. See, your gift's not about you. And even more than that, we need to see that we don't come by our gift through our own mustered up might trying, but that the, the gift is a gift. That the gift is a gift. It doesn't start with you and it doesn't end for you or with you. It's actually for the people around you. God says, hey, I've given you this. There are lots of great people and they need what you have. This is why I've given it to you. And when you are engaged in, in their lives using your gift, then I, then I am glorified, that we fit into this bigger cosmic purpose where God is most glorified when we're using our gift to serve other people. And this, this idea is just so countercultural, isn't it? The idea that, that, that we have something that's amazing and, and, and it doesn't actually exist for our chief happiness. But that's not the end. But that's what, that's what culture says. Culture says you are the most important. You do you. In fact, even as I was preparing, um, working on this message, I was sitting at home on the couch and uh, we were playing Spotify and we don't have Spotify premium. So you get all those ads that make you so aware that you don't have Spotify premium that you want to hate your life. Okay? And all of these ads say, you can listen to what you want, when you want, wherever you want, without ads, you just got to pay for it. And the ironic part is then all the ads that come up say it was like this hotels.com thing and their slogan was, you can book your vacation from where you want to go where you want. You do you. I thought, oh, that's pretty slick. I like that. That sounds nice. Makes me feel good. That's the call of the world. But the call of, of Christ, the call of God is, is so different than that. That says, no, it's not about you. And, and, and you know what? We, we do a lot of things in life where we make decisions based on our preference. And not all of those things are bad, right? Some of those things are actually important. But when we come to our gifting and we go, God, I just want to know my gifting because so that I can find that thing that makes me happy and, and brings me joy, we actually just are not looking at it the right way because your gifts, it's not for you. I think, I think scripture lays out this progression that's really clean and clear, and I love it, that, that God gifts us 
this gift. And then we use that gift to serve people. And in our serving of the people around us, God is glorified. And then in God's glory, we find joy. Okay? And it has to go in that order. And I think sometimes we, we, take, we take the joy and we go, my gift given to me so I can find joy and be happy, then serve other people, and then God gets glory. But I don't, I don't think that's what the text says. And I don't think it works that way. I love what John Piper says about this. I don't like everything he says, but I like this one. He says, I really believe that the problem of not knowing our spiritual gifts is not the basic problem. But more basic is the problem of not desiring very much to strengthen other people's faith. You see, I think if, if we spent more time outside of our bubble looking around and going, man, wh- wh- where are the needs around me? What do those needs look like? Our, our gifts would be so much more simply illuminated to us that we might be able to walk into them. Which brings me to my next point, point number three, that we must, if we want to discover our gifting, we must belong to a community, right? It's, it's pretty, pretty hard to realize your gift's not about you when it's only you. Doesn't work. When there's no one around, it can only be about you. So you need those people around you for you to realize that it's not about you. And, and that, that these people then and their needs, all of the areas in, in their life where they don't have gifting, those needs illuminate your gifting. Romans 12, 4 says this, just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to one another. We all belong to each other. You see, we need to belong. We have to actually belong to people. And here's, here's the unfortunate reality is that just because you're here and you're a warm body and you're warming up the seat underneath your Tush, <laughs> didn't know what word to say there. Ah. Just because you're here doesn't mean that you belong. Now, I'm not, I'm not telling you that you don't belong. If you're here and you're going like, gosh, is he telling me I need to leave? No, no. But, but maybe that you don't belong because you haven't actually allowed yourself to belong. Right? That you haven't invested enough of yourself to have the opportunity for people to know you and for you to actually belong. Belong. I think one of the most beautiful and most challenging things about this community specifically is that, that people feel, they feel so at home to come and go as they please. Isn't that right? That, that people feel welcomed enough to just, just try it, just duck in. And we never want to lose that. We never want to lose that, that, that beautiful openness. But, but what it does is it, it, it inherits us this challenge where there are people coming and going and it's much harder to know and to be known. And so we, we have that challenge in the midst of this community. And yet I think the call has not changed. The call is still to belong. So that doesn't cripple us. It just changes the way that we look at it. So I don't know what that looks like exactly for you, but it, it likely looks like you not coming in as worship starts and leaving before worship finishes. That doesn't do you any favors. It's not helping, right? But that, that maybe you need to, 
after the service, turn to the person beside you and go, hi, I'm so-and-so. And you might go, Ryan, I'm introverted. I don't do that. And I go, okay, I can't help you. <laughs> you know, I think everyone feels that way to an extent. We go, I don't know anyone. I don't know what to do. But could you imagine if we all just said, hey, I'm going to take a risk and, and just, just be vulnerable and, and say, hey, I'm so-and-so. And that, that, doesn't, that doesn't take you from zero to 100, but it starts the process. Um, we need to belong. So that's, that's the first aspect of this, this, this belonging, that, that it's the people around us that illuminate our gifts, right? That their needs show us, hey, here's how you are gifted. But there's, there's a second aspect that I think is really important that we understand, that it's only when someone truly knows you and loves you, when you truly belong, that they can look at you and affirm your gifting. Right? They can go, hey, I saw you greeting. You were crushing it. Like you made people feel the most welcome. It was amazing. Or you were up in kids' ministry and I saw you just was nailing those Bible stories. Kids were just like dropping for Jesus like flies. It's amazing, right? Whatever that thing is, you, unless you know someone and, and you belong to the community, no one can look at you and go, hey, I see this in you and it's awesome. You need, you need to keep doing that. I oftentimes, again, on Sunday night, I'm, I'm picking on them. You, you don't have to tell them, okay? But um, we just get some, yeah. Okay, so people come to me and, and, and they say, hey, Ryan, you know, I really, I really think, and I've never met this person, I really think I'm, I'm, I need to preach in one of the next weeks here and, and I got a word. Or I really think I need to get up and lead worship. Or, or sometimes it's not in the church. They say I like, really like belly dancing or something. I don't know, whatever it is. They come to me and they say, I think I have this gift. And my response is often, oh, really? Great. That, I mean, that's amazing. Who, who's told you that? Right? Who's affirmed you in that gifting? Was it anyone other than Aunt Matilda? Anyone? Oh, no one. It was just a warm, fuzzy feeling inside. Okay. Nine out of 10 times, warm, fuzzy feeling. Not enough. It's not going to do it. I think we see this play out so unfortunately, but... but for our enjoyment uh, on national television, right? We love to watch these shows. I don't know about you, but uh, American Idol, X Factor, these shows where, where um, if I'm honest, I really only watched the first three weeks or so, okay? Because beyond that, everyone's talented and can sing. It's not entertaining anymore. <laughs> but in, in these first few weeks, as you watch, doesn't it just make you think like, how did it get this far? Like, how did it get this bad? Was there not anyone at any point in this person's existence that said, bro, I know that you love to sing, but like the shower is a better spot for you to stay and you should join the chess club or something. Like, that's just, it's a better fit. No one said that ever. Or even worse, okay, there's a bunch of people around them and all of those people say, Dude, you are God's gift to our body, vocal cords from Jesus. But everyone knows it's not the case, not good, bad. And you know how that ends? National television with you and I sitting on our couch laughing at them and then to boot coming to church and making fun of them in our service. <laughs> That's bad. That's really bad. And so you need to belong to a community who, who actually knows you, where you belong, and people can say, that's good, you gotta keep doing that, or ah, pump the brakes, might wanna take a left instead of continuing to go straight. We, we need that. 
We need to love each other enough to be graciously affirming and graciously, the, the antonym online was denying, but I thought that was a little harsh, but graciously steering them to something different. Because the body exists to encourage other members of the body And if you simply only ever go to church but never belong to one, you're never going to have that opportunity to discover your giftedness. Which brings me to my last and final point. I'm going to get the band to join me. This is where we're going to land. That that it's when and only when you're part of a community that, that knows you and loves you that you can feel safe and that you can step out and take a risk. That if, if we're going to experience our spiritual giftedness, we, we have to be willing to take a step out and take a risk. But, but it is only in the, in the midst and in the context of this beautiful, Christ-centered, loving, affirming, caring community that you can do this w- without fear of, of failure, of rejection, of, of being kicked when you're down. Because that's what happens on national television, right? That's, that's what, but it's not what happens here. Right? There's people that love you, that, that, that know you, that want to know you and care. And because of that, we are not, we're not going to do that. We're not going to let it go that far, right? Can, can we just agree on that? That, that together, this, this body, service number two, 11 o'clock, we are not going to let someone do an American Idol. Okay, it's not good. We're not going to do that. It's only in the context of this Christ-centered, loving, caring, belonging community that, that you can actually step out and take risks without fear of rejection. You see, this is, this is why we do things like worship auditions, not because we have some crazy gold standard that says, unless your hair shines in the lights, you can't worship or whatever, but we, we rather are just really passionate about ensuring that, that when we put someone in a position of leadership, that they actually have the tools and abilities to succeed and really, really shine. And when we do these auditions, we get to know people and we get to see, hey, you know what, maybe they're not quite there yet, but, but since we're getting to know them, we can actually figure out how we can help them and, and move them along and walk with them into their gifting. Or, or if it's not that, we can steer them to kids ministry, right? And that's okay. That's okay. Sometimes it's, you know, not this, but something else. In Romans 12, six through eight, I'm not going to read it, but it has this, this description now, this list that we talked about at the beginning with the different gifts of prophesying and teaching and leading, of kindness, of generosity. And, and you might still be now, at the end of this talk, you're looking at the list and you're going, still don't know where I fit. Don't see it. And I think, I think that's okay. I think that's okay. I don't think we need to be so concerned about identifying and labeling our gifting before we actually start trying to step into it. Because in this, this, this loving community, there's, there's people around you that as you step into the unknown, they'll support you and love you. And I think more than that, it's important for you to know that we serve a God that when you step into something, and you make a mistake and it's not right, he's not disappointed. God's not going, oh, yep, shouldn't have done, shouldn't have done greeting. You're more of a coffee shop girl. Like, you know, you know you're going to fall and stumble and make mistakes and God is, is looking at you and he's overjoyed. He's excited that you're just willing to take a step, that you're just willing to put yourself out there and, and, and maybe just have the opportunity to step into something that he's, that he's calling you to. 
this last week, uh, my, my son Jude, 11 months old, uh, started to walk. And it was this, this beautiful, terrifying, scary thing as Sarah sent me a video and I was here at work and I was like, what? I missed it. But here's the thing with Jude's walking. The guy is a little rough, okay? He's got a bit of work to do. He's stumbling, he's leaping from thing to thing, and as he does it, he slips and falls and bonks his head and he screams really loud. But as a father, when he does that, I don't go, dude, bro, figure it out. No, right? I look at him and, and I go, man, I am just so thrilled. I am so overjoyed that, that he's just trying, that, it's, that he's even given it a shot. And I think if that's the way I am as a screwed up, earthly, messed up father, that how much more beautiful can that picture be with God, our heavenly father, when he looks at us and he says, man, I'm just so glad that you're even trying. I'm just so glad that you're even trying. And so as we conclude our time together and we think, God, how have you, how have you gifted me? Maybe, maybe we just start where, where Paul starts. Romans 1, or Romans 12, 1. And he says, hey, just, just be willing to be fully surrendered. What, what if we really let go of everything and said, God, I, I just, I really need to know. I need to know what you have for me and I'm, I'm willing to let everything go. And that as we do that, we start to realize, you know what, the gift's not about me. And we see all these beautiful people around us and we go, I, I see their needs. Maybe I'll take a risk and try something I would have never done before. Just maybe. I don't know what that step is for you. We're gonna pray, why don't you stand? And, and We are all at, at different stops in this little journey. Some of us are going, you know, I, I thought I had been, I thought I had been letting go of things, but if I'm honest with myself, I, uh, I just, just need a bit of help. God, I need, need help to surrender. Maybe you're, maybe you're further along that journey and you're going, I gotta find some people or I gotta take a risk. What, wherever that spot is, would you just be willing as we respond to say, hey, God, I need your Holy Spirit to change my heart that I might actually be willing to step into what you have for me. Why don't we pray? God, thankful, so thankful that you're a God who calls us. You're a God who gives us gifts. And then you're a God who has so much grace and room for us to explore what that looks like. That you're not a God who demands perfection, but a God who is perfection in our place. So Lord, we, we pray this morning, wherever we are in our journey, that you would be illuminating to us people, things, giftings that we can step and walk into for the aid of other people, for your glory and for our joy. Lord, we love you and we praise you. And everyone said, amen. Thanks for listening to Audio from the House. For more information or resources, visit us at thehouseonline.ca.